Our text today is Mark chapter 1, verse 35 through 39. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Amen. Lord, we come before you this day. We thank you for the text that uh, you have for us. Lord, we thank you for the ministry and the life of our Lord and Savior. And we pray that, Lord, you would just open our hearts and help us to learn uh, and to glean what we can to apply to our own lives. Lord, we've all had just, it's, it's been a tough week. It's still cold. There's still corona going on. There's school happening. It's just toward, towards, it's the beginning of the semester, but things are getting busy for many of the students. Lord, I just pray that you would touch their hearts, that you would refresh them this day, and that you would send your spirit to renew us so that we can really be blessed by your presence, blessed by the fellowship of our brothers and sisters, and just blessed by this day. Uh, the sun is shining. It's such a beautiful day. We had snow yesterday. And Lord, we thank you for that creation. And we thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. And we just pray that your will be done, your name glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, you guys can have a seat. The title of today's sermon is How to Succeed. And if you see there, what does it say? How can we succeed? Don't forget to pray. Okay, simple, done. If you take nothing away from today, now you know. Anybody want to succeed in life? I'm sure you guys are all quite ambitious. Or maybe a better question is, any of you guys have parents that want you to succeed in life? <laughs> okay, I think more hands went vigorously up. Parents, if any of your parents are at home watching, don't pressure your children so much. The children, we all want it. We want to succeed. The secret, don't forget to pray. The great architect Frank Lloyd Wright, anyone know who he is? Okay, yes. If, if, if any of you have any interest in architecture, you, you will find out who he is. He shares this story. He was fond of an incident that at the time was kind of insignificant, but it actually had a profound influence on him. It was winter. He was nine years old. He, was, he went walking across a snow-covered field. Ah, how beautiful it would have been if our fields were snow-covered today, but it's just kind of wet and damp. He's walking across the snow-covered field with his uncle. The uncle is a reserved, no-nonsense uncle. As the two of them reached the far end of the field, his uncle stopped. He pointed, they looked back, he pointed out his tracks in the snow. They were straight and true as an arrow's flight, so they say. And then young Frank's tracks... What do you think his tracks were like? Meandering all over the field from here and there. And the uncle says this to young, the nine-year-old Frank Lloyd Wright. Notice how your tracks wander. 
aimlessly from the fence to the cattle to the woods and back again. And see how my tracks aim directly to my goal. There's an important lesson in that, says the uncle. Well, years later, the world-famous architect liked to tell how the experience for him contributed to his philosophy. His philosophy in life. Quote, I determined right then, with a twinkle in his eye, not to miss the things in life that my uncle had missed. <laughs> Frank Lloyd Wright saw in those tracks what his uncle could not. It's actually easy to let the demands of life keep us from the joys of living. We all recognize that any goal in life, you know, it's anything worth achieving demands a great deal of our energy and sacrifice, does it not? If you want to be a doctor, anyone want to be a doctor? A couple of you? Okay. Lots of science. Hope you're good at that. Four years of undergrad, four years of med school, and three to even seven years in residency. Why? Very important. The life of your patient demands it, right? You need to know some stuff. Anyone want to be an architect? couple people maybe? No one? Anyone? If you want to be an architect, lots of math. You need to know your stuff. Why? The integrity of the structure depends on it. You don't want to build something and go... Pfft. Anyone want to be a professional athlete? Any aspiring people for that? Oh, I, see, I see some finger pointing to people, but... What do you have to do? You have to spend hours and hours training on a daily basis. And when the, why? Because when the opportunity comes to score that goal or make the winning play, practice will make perfect. Anyone want to become a K-pop dancer or singer? Any, any people like that perform? Well, for those, all that time in the practice or rehearsal room, it will allow you to not freeze up when you get on stage in front of thousands and thousands of people. The fact of the matter is we couldn't live if we did not set goals and work to fulfill them. It takes work. No sane person would argue otherwise. No one's going to say, okay, yeah, it's, you, you don't have to do anything. You can succeed in life without any effort. But here's a young Frank Lloyd Wright who discovered at the tender age of nine we don't have nine-year-olds here, younger than any of us. And what some don't learn until maybe they're 49, and I'm really trying to learn it and appreciate it more now. The objective in life is not the goal, but the journey on the way to the goal. In this passage this morning, the whole city had gathered around the door, pressing to see Jesus. Why? The demands on him were already piling up. He cured people, he cast out demons, and his teachings were amazing. The problem was his disciples didn't even help. He leaves early in the morning, 
to do what? To have his own quiet time, to pray. And what do they do? They go searching for him. And when they found him, they, they said, what are you doing? Everyone is searching for you. Ah. You guys ever had that experience? You wanted just a little break. People come after you. Maybe your parents go, what are you doing? Aren't you doing your homework? <laughs> My question this morning is, how do we enjoy the journey when everyone and everything, even our own, the pressures that we give ourselves, is searching for us, wanting a piece of us, demanding our time? Okay. First point I want to make this morning is this. And it's maybe not something that you want to hear. Remember that hard work is required. We need to know that. We need to go into this knowing that hard work is required. Not an option. We all have to work. If any of you guys were here this morning and you wanted to hear Pastor Sunny's secrets about how they can succeed in life without the hard work, it's not going to happen. It takes hard work. We work at our jobs. We work at home. Man, those chores don't go away. We have to work at doing our homework. Even the work that we need to do with our friendships. Friendships don't just happen. It's hard work. Anyone say amen to that? <laughs> yeah, amen. Friendships are hard. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 4 through 11, it actually is titled, Warnings Against Folly. Let me read that for you. Just kind of listen. This is, it's, it's just a... It's like a, almost a smack in the face, but relevant. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of the fowler. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores, stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When, you, when will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep? A little slumber? A little folding of the hands to rest? And poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. Whew! So much for resting, huh? We work because, well, the fact of the matter is, life and living demands it. And the reality also is hard work is good for the soul. To have a goal, to apply yourself, and to accomplish that goal. Anyone ever set a goal and they've achieved it? There's, it it's just an amazing feeling. Here in our passage today, that's actually what I see when I look at Jesus. Look what kind of day he has. First, Jesus is just starting out on the job. It's the beginning of his ministry. The reality is Jesus is very, very busy. Jesus is earlier in that chapter or in the, in the book. He's baptized by John the Baptist. He starts his ministry telling people to repent and to believe the good news. He calls out disciples to follow him. He begins by teaching in the synagogue. And then he casts out demons. And then... They leave to go to the home of Simon and Andrew. And immediately, even there, he's confronted by the sickness of Peter's mother-in-law. She has a fever. Jesus heals her. He takes her by the hand and helps her up. Probably an older lady. It's the mother-in-law. 
The fever leaves her. And what does she do? I'll encourage you guys to read it when you get home. She goes to work. She waits on Peter, James, John, Simon, Andrew, and even Jesus. They just brought Jesus to heal this sick elderly woman. And as soon as she's healed, what does she do? She goes to work. The other disciples are probably there as well. It's not just them. And you would think Jesus would have said something like, it's okay, get your rest. Lay for a bit. But that's not what happens. And then we're also further told, after the sun sets, all the people in this small town bring their sick, their demon-possessed. They all want a piece of Jesus. The whole town is gathered at the door, and they're healed. And at some point that evening, the first point comes to an end. They all get to sleep. Whew, tired just sharing this part. Work is necessary. Don't run away. Second point. Secondly, the thing we need to remember is when things do get very busy and hectic, don't forget the original reason why you chose to work so hard. The next morning, Simon and his companions, what do they do? They give Jesus a day off? Do they give him some rest? No. They actually go looking for Jesus. Why? Well, think about it for a second. John wasn't going to heal anybody. James didn't know how to cast out demons. Andrew couldn't open the eyes of the blind. And so what does Simon do? He runs, probably chases, like, where did Jesus go? And goes, finds him. Why? Because there's so much to do. And as we've already talked about, many of you have so much to do. And everyone, even yourself, you're searching for more time, more ways of how can I get these things done? Well, what do we need to learn here? Don't let the busyness define your goal. Okay? Or, or when everyone is searching for you, you should remember not to let others define your goal. Because why? One, what goal you may have had and in the process of achieving it, and others people see that, they're having a different goal for you. How do we work hard and keep it from killing us. Any of you guys feel like all the work that you have is killing you? <laughs> Those hands are going up quick. I think the obvious answer is to take some time off, you know, maybe away from the work or maybe even the homework. Take a vacation. I'm always saying, I need a vacation. And I need a vacation, but I really do need a vacation. And I need a vacation. Okay. However, there's other ways of combating this fatigue. Okay. Look at this very short and subtle exchange between Simon and Jesus. Simon has just come with his mother-in-law's home or from his mother-in-law's home and he says to Jesus, Jesus, everyone is searching for you. It sounds like he's pretty excited about something and is actually almost chastising Jesus for slipping away. Right? We're having success. People are getting healed. You're doing what you started your ministry to do. Why did you leave? The whole town's there. Here's someone who walked away from his profession to follow this man, Jesus. And all of a sudden, they're having great success. And the whole town is there like, yeah. I'm sure all these disciples are sitting back and looking at Jesus and going, yeah. I follow the right guy. 
great things are happening. They probably felt huge, very important. This is why I left everything behind, to follow this man. Brothers and sisters, don't let other people's excitement confuse and distract you or us from the original goal. Let's look at Jesus' Jesus's response. Let us go somewhere else. Huh? Jesus, no, no, people are waiting back here. No, let us go somewhere else. probably confused. And he's probably saying, Jesus, but all these people. I can just see Jesus' hand. Or maybe to his mouth or to Peter's mouth. Somewhere else, Peter. Here's the surprise. Jesus did not feel that he had to respond to every need. Let me let that sink in for a little bit. It's actually, you know, if you think about it, Everyone probably thinks Jesus in his ministry, they're imagining Jesus everywhere he goes, whatever, just, just, he's always healing people, solving every problem. But the fact of the matter is, when Jesus is in Capernaum, he can't be in Bethsaida. When he's in Bethsaida, he can't be in Capernaum and vice versa. When he's in the wilderness, praying on his own, there are still people suffering somewhere else. The fact of the matter is, Jesus didn't even meet the needs of maybe 1% of the people in Palestine during those three years. Why? It wasn't his goal. But Simon, the people around him, thought it was, at least at that moment, right? Simon and the disciples thought that was the goal. There's a story of flight 401. Anyone know that story? Read it in your history books or anything? It actually happened a long time ago, but it's kind of relevant for us today. Flight 401 was a commercial flight that was bound for Miami from New York City. A load full of passengers during the holiday season. It was one of the bigger aircrafts of its time because this was 1972. The huge aircraft approached the Miami airport for its landing because it needed to land, but there was a problem. The light for its landing gear didn't show. The plane flew. It just kept going in circles, looping in circles over the swamp of the Everglades while the cockpit crew checked out the light failure. They were trying to fix, they, were, they needed to know that the landing gear had come down. The question was this, had the landing gear not deployed or was it just the light bulb? So to begin with, the flight engineer messes with the bulb. He tries to remove it, but then it doesn't budge. Then another crew member tries to help and then another. And eventually, if you can believe it, all eyes were on the light bulb that refused to be dislodged from its socket. They couldn't fix it. And all the while, no one noticed that the plane was losing altitude. It was dropping. In hindsight, after they checked the, the, the flight recorder and all that stuff, 
the conclusion is that while they were trying to fiddle with this light bulb, it seems like one of the pilots just gently, so gently, tapped the, the steering wheel, so to say, and the airplane just started slowly getting lower and lower, so subtle that humans couldn't really sense it. And finally, it dropped into the swamp. Many were killed. While an experienced crew of high-priced and seasoned pilots messed with a 75-cent light bulb, an entire plane and many of its passengers were lost. The crew momentarily forgot the, basic, the most basic rule of all rules of the air, and that is, what's the most important rule of being in an airplane if you're the pilot? Don't forget to fly the airplane. They were doing everything else. It was important at the time, so they thought, but they got away from what they were supposed to be doing. The fact of the matter is, the same thing can happen, happen to the local church, to us. We can have so many activities, programs, projects, committee meetings. Maybe later when the corona's gone, we'll have banquets, graduation ceremonies reach outs to the community. So many things happening without really accomplishing anything of eternal significance. So busy that we as a church, we, for, we may forget the primary objective. So what's Jesus's goal? What does Jesus say? Jesus says it's to preach. That's, that's why I have come, to preach. That's actually what Jesus' goal was, to preach. Not to heal, not to cast out demons, but to preach. There can be healings, there can be demon castings out, castings out. Simon, let's not get lost in the hysteria, right? That's what he's telling Simon. Let's stay focused, I have come to preach the kingdom of God. And now it's done here in this town. We need to go elsewhere. Don't be like Flight 401 and be distracted from the task. What is our goal? What is our purpose as a church? Our goal is to win this lost world to Jesus Christ. When everyone is searching for you, when everyone wants your time, all the different things, additional things you can be busy with, when everyone is searching for you, remember not to let them define your goal. You'll lose your focus and make your hard work more difficult. Okay, point three. And finally, don't forget to pray. Okay, first point was this, right? Hard work is necessary. Second point, in the midst of all the hard work, don't forget why you're doing the hard work. And the third point, don't forget to pray. What does that mean? Okay, whether things seem like they are going well or whether they seem like they're not going well, don't forget to pray. In the midst of all the, in the, midst of all the busyness, don't forget to pray. So what does that mean? What does it mean to not forget to pray? 
It means to make sure to spend time with God. Amen? Make sure you spend time with God. Make sure you are enjoying Him. That you're sitting in His presence and that you're basking in His glory. This is the food. This is the nourishment that we need. Don't forget to enjoy Him. While all the success Jesus seems to have, with all the success, what does Jesus do? Ah, let me sleep in today. Whoa, yesterday was a hard day. No, he doesn't sleep in. In verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed, where he spent time with God the Father. Brothers and sisters, when everyone is searching for you, remember to pray. Our Lord needed to, and the fact of the matter is, so do you, so do I. There may not be a lot of time to get adequate prayers in when the crowds are descending upon the house and there are 12 disciples coming after you. There's all these sick people that needed healing. But Jesus got away. Duties, responsibilities, chores even, homework, they will find you. The fact of the matter is, they won't go away. But by then, you will have found some food for the journey. You will have been nourished so that you can do these things, these things that you want to do yourself. The fact of the matter is, this time spent in prayer with God, it will help you to work hard. It will help you to stay focused. I know there's a lot of work that needs to get done, school, things at home, in your relationships. And even right here in the church, I feel this burden. Each time I leave, whether it's Friday and Sunday, I walk away thinking, okay, we need to do this. We need to do this. I don't know if that worked. We need to change this up. If any of you guys are thinking of going into ministry down the road, pray that it's not during a pandemic. <laughs> But the beauty, and no matter how difficult and challenging it is, we get to spend time with God in the work. Amen? Uh, let me pray. Let's pray. <clears throat>